Hey there, on this 1-2-2022 CDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our New Year's Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. So I'll, I'll tell you before he begins. First of all, good morning to you all on this New Year's Day or day after New Year's Day service. I'll tell you how we're going to do this today. Uh, we're going to, you've had your time to personally pray here this morning. I don't know why I just said that, but I just did. So, uh, Good morning, 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 good morning. I want to say to all the people when you wake up, good morning, good morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If I'm heard, good morning. One more time. Good morning. And I'm heard. All right, good. You're heard. Good morning. All right, all right. I'm going to make sure I'm heard. So we're going to do this like this. Uh, on this morning. We do not know where Mother Bell is. Uh, we will figure that out later and decide what we need to do as it pertains to that. We're not going to worry about that on this this morning, at least not right now. We're not. We're going to enjoy our first Sunday in 2022. And we're going to do that with a little prayer. Pastor booth, a bishop booth, a bald-headed preacher, whatever name you want to give it, is going to join us here, and he's going to pray for us. Then after that, we're going to read to our hymn book and find one of our little lyrical meditations. And then, what we're going to do, actually, no, you changed my mind. I do that a lot, because I can do that. Brother Dennis, how are you, sir? Are you still uh, working with us today? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, all right. I'm going to change my mind. Uh, please forgive me. we got to change on the cuff. That's what happens when you, you get situations that's thrown at you. You have to work on the fly. Brother Dennis, we're going to uh, going to let you speak from your heart. And I say that in all sincerity just speak from your heart on this first Sunday let the Lord use you and then after that we're going to reach in and get one of those lyrical meditations that I was telling you about find a hymn for us to meditate on and then the preacher's going to pray and then we're going to preach and then we're going to go home or back to whatever we're doing in the home does that sound about right? Thank you, Lord. Mm. Okay. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Good, good morning, everybody. Uh, Good morning. Good Jim morning. Did the, the January shuffle, which is okay, not a problem there. And uh, you know, it's a new month, a new year, and uh, a new beginning. 
you know, all of us, I know uh, they don't, uh, I want to say, they, they don't make it priorities like they used to. Uh, I'm sure there are some uh, uh, people out there that still do. They, uh, the first of the year, everybody makes resolutions. If you have a resolution uh, to lose weight, uh, to, to take, uh, you know, to wash your face more often, wash your hands more often, get your booster shot. Uh, be more kind to your neighbors, feed your dog, don't kick the cat. You know, whatever <laughs> resolutions you all make. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we would make a resolution, okay, I'm not going to eat any more uh, chocolate or ice cream. And uh, two days into the year, you have uh, you know chocolate ice cream for a snack. All right, there you go. So that was gone by the wayside. You know, so but it's a new year, and it's a new beginning for everybody, and that's something that you need to think about. You know, somebody uh, uh, said that uh, now's now is your chance. Well, you know, God gives us chances all the time, and that's that's a great thing about it. You know, and uh, we have to hold on to that. You know, my resolution this year is that to be, I should be, uh, you know, a, a better Christian, a better husband, a better father, and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, be who God wants me to be, and, uh, you know, listen to when he, when he talks to me, listen to, uh, you know, what, what's going on in my head, you know, there was a, a, a comic strip that uh, once said, you know, a text is when God's, uh, conscience, excuse me, conscience is when God sent the text to your brain. You know, sometimes that's true. You know, if you're starting to do something and, and your brain goes, wait a minute, what are you doing? And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you're right. Okay, God, I heard you that time. You know, but how many times do we hear God and we just still not pay attention to it? We break that resolution. We break that trust. We break that chain. But, you know, God is, God is good all the time and we have to remember that. And this new year, New new day. Um, you know, maybe this is your chance. This is your chance to to realize who God is and how much God helps you. You know that there are so many um, you know things in the Bible that, that points this way. But one of them uh, in Revelation, I know the dreaded Revelation, right? People always cringe when somebody says something about Revelation. But Revelation twenty one, verse five. Sends it all, you know. It says, "You who was sitting on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for those words are trustworthy and true. All right, so basically he's saying, God makes everything true, makes everything new. This is a new year. You know, he wants to make a new you. He wants to change you. He wants to... Uh, make you a better Christian. He wants to make you a better person. And he wants to make you a, a better communicator of, of who he is. You know, and, and that's true. God always is working on us. You know, he, he's, uh, you know, everybody says, you know, God's not finished with me yet. You think about that. You know, he's not. As long as you're living, he's going to be working with you and for you and through you. And you have to let him do that. You know, and like I said, my resolution is that I need to be better. Well, how do I get better? How do you get better? You let God work through you. Let God talk to you. And when he talks to you, 
you don't turn your back on him. It's hard to do because <laughs> he'll turn you right around if he needs to, right? Well, I've been there. So think about that. So when you're going on this journey this year, tomorrow, today, whatever it may be, and then, uh, you know, God sends a text to your brain about, hey, you need to talk to these people. You need to let them know who God is. And, uh, you know, open your eyes, open your mouth, open your heart, and let them know that God does love them, and he will protect them and take care of them. And he can make them new. He can make them whole. He can make them who they want to be, you know, who they want to be in their lives and what they want to be in their lives. You know, if we let God be in control, and it's, that's, a, that's a challenge. That's a challenge for me, and I'm sure it's a challenge for all of us, you know, because we're, we're going to stumble, we're going to trip, we're going to stumble our toe, we're going to fall, but God will be there. He will be there. He'll lift us up. He'll make us new again. He'll dust us off and start all over. And that's something we have to be, you know, thankful for. Thank you, God, for helping me be who you want me to be. And understanding that that's who I need to be. That's the key. Who I need to be. What kind of person I need to be. Listen to what God tells you. Listen to your heart. But most of all, Listen and, and uh, open his word and just be a, uh, a vessel for him. Let him shape you. Let him mold you. Let him make the, you the Christian that he wants you to be so that you can have that eternal rest with him and eternal peace because he offers us to us and it's there. All we have to do is ask. And that's a great thing about God. We don't have to change who we are. We just have to change what we are. Amen and amen. Oh. God bless you, Brother Dennis. This has been a great, inspiring word to us this morning. And on that note, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious God, our Father, we just honor you this morning. We just praise you and just give you glory for who you are and what you are. He is such a great God, and we are grateful for you, and we are grateful for the things that you have done. You gave us another year, another year which we've never seen before, and and we are grateful for that. As we look back over the cliff of 21, we see that there are many things that happened, and we lost some, and we gained some through this journey. And, Father, we just want to pause and say thank you for allowing us and another opportunity to be in your presence, to seek you out, and to learn your ways, and to do what you called us to do. And so therefore, we take it not as as a, a duty of, of strain or a force to pray and to meditate on you. We, we take it with great strive and great understanding, with, with, with the privilege and honor to come to you as your children. And as we come this morning, we come and we pray we join our faith together. We stand in the gap uh, for those who need prayer in various different types of ways. 
Father, there have been some that already have committed to your hearing this morning, the sincerity and the things that there's a pregnant upon their heart. And they have uttered those things to you. They have laid them at your feet. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord, that your will will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. It relates to each and every one of us, Lord God. We just pray, Lord God, that as you continue to use us, as we continue to walk this journey, Lord God, as you lighten up the path of our way, we pray, Lord God, that you will continue to deal with us and show us your great and mighty way. Father, we do understand as we walk, Lord God, uh, sometimes our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways, but Lord, we Teach us, Lord God, as we go through this life. Our hearts and our minds are open to what you have to say. And we thank you, Lord God. And as we uh, gather today, Lord, we pray for one another. You told us in your word to pray ye for one another. And Father, I do know. uh, And this morning on this service, this day, Lord, there, there are people that are missing. There are people that that are not here this morning, but, Father, we just pray for them. We pray, Lord God, that your hand of mercy that will be upon them, we pray, Lord God, that you would touch them. Wherever they may be, Lord God, whatever state of mind they, they may be in, and wherever they may be in their physical body, Lord God, we pray, God, that you would touch them now from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. We pray, Lord God, that you would do it, Lord God. And, and Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will touch those who are dealing with issues in their body, Lord God. We pray, God, that you would touch them now. Heal them, Lord God. Make them feel better. Help them to feel better, Lord. We pray, God, that you would touch their bones and touch their joints and their muscles and their, Lord God, their whole body, Lord. We pray, God, that you would touch every system of their bodies, Lord God, and and allow them to work in the perfection that you create them to function, Lord God. Touch their minds. Give them the strength that they need. Give them the encouragement that they need, Lord. Oh, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you would do this, Lord God, as you are strengthening the bodies. We have to use the strength in the minds and, and the emotions and the feelings of their hearts, Lord God. Some people, their hearts may be happy because of the loss of a loved one or the condition of a loved one, Lord. It might be their brother, their sister. It might be their mother, their father. It might be one of their siblings, Lord God. It might be, Lord God, a, a child. It might be a grandchild. It might be a neighbor. God, you might burden their hearts with a city or a state, even a nation, Lord God. We just pray, Lord, that you would just touch and move upon them. God, that you undergird them, Lord God, and, and strengthen them. And, God, you said that you would give us peace beyond our understanding that with God, our heart, our soul, and our mind. And we pray for your peace, Lord God, as we understand your statutes and your ways, that your will will be done, Lord God, in the earth, Lord, in the lives of people. We pray, Lord God, that as you continue to give us the wisdom and the knowledge to do the things that you have created created for us to do, we pray, Lord God, that you will move upon 
on the hearts of people, Lord God. Oh, God, as we wake up on this side of 22, Lord God, we declare this will be a greater year for you, Lord God. We, we, We claim more souls for you, Lord God. We said that there will be more people that we will witness to, and Lord God, that the power of your word will touch their hearts and cause them to change, Lord God. We will continue to pray over our towns, our villages, and our neighborhoods, that Lord God, that you will keep down the balance, and, and Lord, raise up people that will love you, Lord God. Touch the hearts of those who we have struggled to reach, Lord God, that you would give us the knowledge, the innovative ideas and the wisdom and the knowledge to touch those who have been hard to reach. And, Lord God, soften their heart when they hear the word, Father. Allow them to understand that you are at the door of their heart and you are knocking and you want to come in. You want to be their provider. Allow those who still allow them to understand they don't have to steal because you have everything, Lord God. And God, those who are, are, are de- determined to shoot and kill and take another's life, allow them to understand that you are the giver of life and you hold the power of the world in your hand, Lord. Lord, God, those who are angry and at rage, we just pray, Lord God, for the settling of their spirit. It calls them to be at peace, at bay, even with their enemies. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. And yea, even in this world, Lord God, and yea, even in this state, in this nation, Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you will continue to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you would move mightily upon the hearts of those who have. And Lord God, to make sure that those who don't have, Lord God, have the significant things that they need to survive in this world, Lord. Father, we thank you for people that love you and love one another. We pray, Lord God, that you will continue to touch hearts. And Lord God, as you touch their hearts, we pray, Lord God, that people will open their hearts and allow you to come in, Lord. Lord God, and and to be able to share that love that you have shared with us. For you so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son, and that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so therefore, Lord, we pray for the perishing. We pray for those who, Lord God, are lost, that they will open up their eyes and their ears and their understanding. To realize who you are. You're such a great God. You're such a great God. And you're greatly to be praised. We thank you, Lord God, for the changing of the gods of our governorship here in Virginia, Lord God. Lord God, we pray for uh, the governor to be, Lord God. And we pray, God, that you would touch his heart, Lord God, and even the agenda that he has, Lord God. Rearrange it so it can be your agenda. I pray, Lord God, that you would use him. Lord, we're not going to wait till he get in office to pray for him. We're going to pray for him now. So the first day of office is the first day of his reign, Lord God. He will understand who he is and who he is in you. And allow him to understand without you, there 
is no other control other than men giving themselves over to uh, the enemy. And Lord God, we just pray, God, that he would give himself to you. And Father, we pray for all of the legislators that are taking office and taking their seat to make the decision for other people. We pray their strength, Lord God, that you would give them the wisdom, the understanding, and Lord God, to be able to make the right decisions when they come before them. I pray, Lord God, that they would judge with their heart, and and God, they would judge it according to your word. And Lord God, we thank you for that, and we praise you, Lord God. Lastly, this morning, God, we're going to pray for those who are this this COVID. Lord God, it is spreading, but God, I pray, God, that we join our faith together and say, Lord, turn it around. Turn it around, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Turn it around. Oh, God, we pray, Lord God, that the, the numbers would drastically fall, Lord God, in Jesus' name, because of your healing power. Oh, God, you say that you would give us mercy and grace, Lord God, and we cry out mercy. We cry out mercy, Lord God, for COVID, Lord God. We People are suffering. They are dying. And, Lord God, and we just pray for mercy upon them and healing and strength, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will put a filter on the atmosphere. And in that filter, catch the very traveling of that virus. Lord, catch it in the air and bind it up and, and store it in the sea, Lord God, and, and that it will stop affecting men in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we pray for the little babies, the little babies, Lord God, that can't get a shot. Lord God, they can't even fend for themselves. But Lord God, we pray for them, cover them. Lord God, those who have already been affected, Lord God, bring them out. Bring them through. Give them the strength, Lord God, in Jesus' name, to come on the outside of this, Lord God. And we thank you for And cover us that don't have it. Cover us. Continue to shield, put a shield of protection around us at our house, in Jesus' name. And, God, we love you. Oh, we praise you, Lord God, and we declare it to be so, in Jesus' name. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. How many of you? How many of you know that this is your story? Sometimes your tears is your story. Sometimes your groaning and moaning before the Lord is your story. It's your story, it's your song. And guess what? The Lord understands it. And therefore, we are grateful and we are glad. Well, good morning to you all. And I pray that you will continue to stay uh, attentive for the remainder of this service and allow the Lord to speak to you and allow him to elevate your mind and stretch you beyond your limitations and let the Lord give you what you need. He got it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I, uh,
Well, first of all, thank you for the prayer and the meditation and all those good things that has happened already this morning. I have uh, I've been trying to get this out for about six months. And every time I try to do it, I either forget or something comes up that causes me to forget. So I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to read a lyrical meditation for you. Uh, it's not a song that you know. Generally, I read songs from hymn books that you know. Uh, but I found me a little book over there. It's called The Old German Baptist Brethren Church. And they have a collection of hymns and sacred songs that, as I read through, spoke to me. I want to read one of them to you this morning. Uh, this one is Hope of the Millennium. Speaks kind of to Reverend Dennis as he was over there in the book of Revelations. I think I saw REV and just added him to, you know, maybe he is a preacher. Zion rejoices, says. Lift up. Your Savior will appear. The Lamb once slain will come to reign. With you a thousand years. Satan, he'll bind as you will find. Jesus will be king. The saints he'll raise to sing his praise. And death shall lose its sting. He'll bless indeed that shall be free from sin, hell, and the grave. Or that man death never can the least dominion have. It's one of those songs that you look at and you expect the rhyme. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I go into a song looking for it to rhyme and all the words to work together. Sometimes it doesn't do that. And so for those of you who listen to that, looking for the rhyme or what the tune was, I'm going to ask you to back away and let's read that again. And this time we'll listen to the words that has been projected here. It says, Zion rejoice lift up your voice your savior will appear the lamb once slain will come to reign with you a thousand years Satan he'll bind as you will find and Jesus will be king the saints he'll raise to sing his praise and death shall lose its sting he's blessed indeed that shall be free 
from sin, hell, and the grave. Over that man's death never can the least dominion have. <coughs> I would like you to take a few moments to in your own way appreciate not only this new year but the reality of what is to come in this new year. And I'll ask you to do that while you're turning to Genesis chapter 1 verse 6. Excuse me, verse 1. We'll go ahead and get on in there. You can get that book that you call the Bible. Everybody should know it, but I'm going to give you a chance to get there. It's the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1. Take time to meditate and find it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. I would like to on this first Sunday in 2022 uh, begin with the thought now from the top now from the top in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth period and all those in agreement with that verse, respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Now from the top, it's very interesting when you start a new year to really go back. Brother Dennis spoke of it, and Pastor Booth spoke of it, and it's something that has traditionally been a part of the conversation for many of years, uh, a conversation that has had long before I was even thought of, and I would even go on a limb to say long after I am gone, that every new year, the first week of that new year particularly, will center around thinking and processing and resoluting. I don't necessarily want to take this time to focus on resolutions because, as many of you know, Brother Dennis has already alluded to you, a lot of our wonderful resolutions that we have will be gone by Friday. 
most of us resoluted that we're not going to have any fried chicken. Ooh. I don't know why you make that resolution because you can't keep it. And if you can keep it, send it over here to me because I ain't going to make no lie like that. <laughs> so if you don't want your chicken, just pass it on down the table. Mm-hmm. I, I'll dispose of it for you properly and, and in good humane, whatever I want to say there. But the one thing that I've learned, I was I was listening some time ago to a gentleman by the name of Stephen Harvey. Some of you may have known Brother Stephen. Brother Stephen has a radio show, at least he, well, no, I believe he still does. I, I, I don't really, you know, us advanced people, pardon me for saying this at the fear of maybe putting somebody down, but us advanced people have forgotten how the dial works these days. You know, everything is a button and a push on demand. You get to it when you get to it. Back in the day, you had certain hours and certain ideas that happened at certain hours, and they operated, the media did, based on what was called drive time. Drive time was they knew that people were in their cars between 6 and 8 or 6 and 9, somewhere in there, and most of all of the interesting things that was going to happen in the course of a day, or should I say needed to be expressed in the course of the day, was done inside of that drive time. Steve Harvey had a show then called the Steve Harvey Morning Show and most of all that stuff operated inside that drive time, but I don't know how that works anymore because a drive time has been different the last two years. Uh, now looking like maybe three. And then with the advancement of technology and podcasts and on-demand and uh, everybody's live streaming and there's 14 million people just doing a morning show, it's kind of hard to think about who's doing what these days. But back yonder, he had a show Mr. Harvey did. Mr. Harvey came out every January and he said, you know, I'm not making any resolutions, this year I'm going to make some conclusions. So I took that long route around Norfolk, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, Hampton, New York City, and Chicago just to tell you, if we could do something this year, if not make a resolution, but make a conclusion. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. I focus on that because at the fear of starting a war, actually, I don't know if I'm going to start it. I think it's been started long before I was here, and I am not hopeful that I can end it. As a matter of fact, I almost guarantee, just like folks going to make resolutions after I'm dead, they're going to have this war after I'm dead. The war between the evolutionists and the creationalists. If I could have a few moments to express my opinion on that, since everybody say I got an opinion. I never understood how facts and opinions get it. Everybody got one. All right, I've been, this is my opinion. I think about this idea, this war that they have started, and I pause. 
because I hope that you'll go back and really read the text that we just read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Now, the problem with the evolutionists is the evolutionists, and I am very fascinated by science. I'm very or even more fascinated by technology. If you don't believe, ask the woman I'm married. She'll tell you I love technology. She sometimes thinks I love technology more than I love her. Don't worry, my grandmama feel that too, my uncle, my aunt, my cousin, my everybody feel like I love technology more than I love them. That's all right. But I'm fascinated by them because technology and science has found a way to look at the world from its genesis to its present day. It has brought it into certain ideas and categorized it in certain specific places. And what science and technology has tried and is trying to do is it's trying to just have a wonderful exploration of what possibly happened. The question that I ask creationalists is, nobody said who did it. All they said was how it happened. But the problem with creationalists is creationalists can't tell you how, all they can tell you is who. So maybe in 2022, and I'm not, I'm I'm just not, I'm not positive about this. I don't believe it's happened. It's possible. But maybe in 2022, we can start stop a war. Maybe. If we just come to the game. Maybe the, the creationalists and the evolutionists can sit down and they can have a peace treaty. The creationalists can say, you know, maybe we'll just understand that we know God did it period, and you know how it happened, period. Because when you really sit down and really come to the table and and take the financial piece off of it, because between the creationist argument and the evolution argument sits a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh, let me tell you something right there in this first Sunday in 2022. Behind every war is a dollar sign. Ain't nobody fighting for the conviction. Ain't nobody fighting for moral turpitude. Behind every wall is a dollar sign. And the more that I can make money off of people being on one side or the other, the longer this war will continue. And the sad reality is we have these wars that are building and mounting and building and mounting, and people are getting more frustrated and people are getting more confused and people are getting more broken and busted because nobody can understand in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, period. Now, there was a woman who told me back in the day when I was in that little institution, y'all know it's school, they told me I ain't understand the English language. And there's a possibility that at the moment in time when they made that statement, it was true. I'm not going to sit here and try to say they know what they were talking about. They didn't, but I'm not going to say it here. But now, I think I pretty much got a grasp 
And I think everybody would agree that I pretty much got a grasp on the old-fashioned English language, that any time you see a set of words, a combination of words that is resulted in a period, that means that what you have there is a complete thought. If you don't mind, for our people who just may need a little bit more support in the understanding of the English language, I would like to take this moment to do that. Let's break down this sentence. In the beginning, that's the time. God, that's the person, the noun. Created, that's the action. The heaven and the earth, that's what the action did, period. And from that one sentence has been 1,400 years, depending upon who you ask, of wars. When I was growing up in church, down at the St. Andrew's Church of God in Christ, number two, which turned into the abundant word of life, Church of God in Christ, then turned into the Bundle Word of Life and Nine Holy Church, then turned into the Mount Olive United Holy Church. They had a lot of identity changes now that I think about it. <laughs> but down there at that church, the old folks used to come in there, probably barely had a high school diploma, if they had one. And they would say, God said it, that settles it, and I'm done with it. And I know that the educationalists who were down the street at First Baptist Butte Street and Ebenezer and Freemason and any other of those institutions that had uh, the combining, or should I say, the uh, connecting of the sedate, sedated, the pompous, the pious, the highfalutin, the potentates, would well, look at that statement in disdain. What do you mean God said it, that settles it, and I'm done with it? They looked at that as a, a lack of desire, not wanting to really explore or be educated. You just want to live in your pit of stupidity, some would say to a statement like that. But as time has progressed, and maybe I'm just getting tired and old. I saw a gray hair in my head, two of them. Uh-huh. That's what happened when you start getting in political action groups and church leadership. Your hair turned gray. And looking at them two hairs that's talking to my head and the reason why I've invested more money and shaving cream because I'm afraid that if that beard grows out, you will see that full thick of gray. Maybe I just got old, tired, don't care no more. And I've understood that there's some things in life that just is not worth your time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth Period. Now, let me go and make sure that I've cleared this up. 
that I am not trying to dismiss those who are fascinated by the atmosphere and its formation. I am not trying to dismiss those who enjoy a good uh, telescope and the movement of planets and the form. I ain't, I ain't got time, nor do I feel like I should or deserve or it is appropriate to dismiss you. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. But what I can say is that if something of this magnitude, if it's the reason why you cry yourself to sleep at night, if it's the reason why you can't sit at the dinner table without a fight breaking out, if it's the reason why you and your cousin don't like each other, if it's the reason why some type of division, if it's all over something that happened long before you were born, why can't we just settle on in the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth, period. That's the first part of that point that I want to make today. Then the second part that I want to make is, if I can keep on sticking it to the creationalists, I, sometimes I get told I just stick it to church folks. Well, maybe that's what I do. One man said that you are an atheist masquerading as a preacher. Well, you know, it must have been a good day. That's all you said about me. Because I made a statement five minutes ago or ten minutes ago, whatever the time was, that might have escaped you. I said some 14 million years, a thousand years, whatever, depending upon who you talk to. Because what they say in our creationalist movement or our evolutionary movement, well, let me start with the creationalists. They say the world is about 6,000 years old. Then the evolutionists say the world is some billion years old. Well, let me clean that up for you. Brother Peter gave you the great answer. He said, you know, you sit here and you try to time God. You try to figure out when he's coming and you look at your little watch that, mind you, was not even created. There are three variations of time. There was the time in prehistoric periods. Prehistoric period is literally the time that comes by Genesis. Exodus is really the first book of the Bible that was written in real time. Genesis was not. Genesis was written in a time called prehistoric period. Before there was any pen, any paper, before people thought about gossiping. They ain't tell nobody their business, and they certainly didn't leave a record of it. That's where you get the term no paper trail needed. And then Moses came along and at the inspiration of the, the creator decided to write things down. That's the first variation of time by humans. Then the Egyptians came along and made the second variation of time 
Well, they looked at time from sunup to sundown, and they judged it based on that principle. And then science and technology came along and made the third variation of time, the one by which we are most accustomed to. Time has changed three times just in humanity's time period. So how do you know what time God did what if we can't even agree on what time it is? Peter said, God's time is not our time. One day, in God's eyes, it's like a thousand years. No one knows. So why don't, and I have to reiterate this, and I'm getting out of here, I'm done. I just want to leave that last point with you. Why don't we just give it up? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Now that I feel free, that I've released all that i got to do in the argument, I have fulfilled my duties as an apologetic person or an apologist, let me get to my point, or my second point, rather. David also discussed this. David said, listen, I don't understand this time thing. I look up at the sun. I really don't know why it's there. It's fascinating why it's there. We're still studying why it's there. And it would take us some time to even process why it was there. And even if we ever get to the point where we fully understand why it's there, the reality will still remain. None of us is smart enough to do anything with it. You can know but that don't mean you can control it. You can't turn it on and you can't turn it off. So since I know that, I'm going to do something here, David said. He said, I realized something. I've heard the gossip of many. I've been a part of the argument. I've been in the room with the arguments. I've heard it. I thought about I was having a little, one of those little bedside chassis. All the married folks know about that. The, the, the previous married folks probably do remember too. Your bedside chats might have been a little different if I ain't married no more. But in those, one of those bedside chats, I began to remember the journey of my life, and I thought about, and I would like to ask you to go on this journey, not today, but at some time. I thought about the journey of my life. Since we're going back to the beginning, some of us are lost. Some of us have found ourselves identity-less or lacking in things. But maybe, just maybe, if you go back to the beginning, take it from the top. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Let me point this out to you if I can. Just hit me. Heavens, above. That's where the angels sit. Jesus now rests 
on the right hand of his father. All of the saints of the ages, past, and those who are awaiting the final destination, if you will. But then you got earth. Another part of the English language, if I can take this moment, my English teachers here will either be proud or they'll condemn it. That's all right. We all got to be critics. When you mention heavens and you mention earth, in certain translations, there's a word added to that. Heaven and earth and all encompassed in it. Ain't got time to name everything. Ain't got time to name the different flowers, the rhodiniums and the geraniums and the hydraniums and the sudaniums and the cucaniums and the marmaniums. Ain't got time to name all that. Just know everything inside of that big old rock, that big old sphere, that big old bubble, all that God created in the beginning. Everything has a beginning, including you and including me. And since everything has a beginning, sometimes the journey requires that you start from the top. When you go to therapy, because that's what I do when I come here every Sunday and Wednesday, I come to therapy. When you go to therapy, the first thing the therapist is going to do when they meet you for the first time, they're not going to start with what's wrong with you today. They're going to sit you down, and they're going to take one, two, or three sessions and they're going to go all the way back yonder, 77, 87, 97, 47, 37, wherever you come from. They're going to ask about your mama. They're going to ask about your papa. They're going to ask about your sisters, your brothers, your cousins, aunt, uncle, peaches, pookie, nut, nut, all them. And then they're going to try to figure out where you got off track. Because if you don't understand the past, you've heard that term, those who do not understand history is doomed to repeat it. That is not just a statement that we should use in our societal life. That is a personal statement. If you don't understand what got you here, there's a possibility you're going to return because you didn't understand it. You didn't appreciate it. There's sometimes that uh, I look around our, my life and my world, and I'm going to get to my points in a minute, and I've realized that we have become a reactional society. We have never been taught how to be a proactive society. We've always worked as a reactional society. The house is on fire, so we rush to put out the fire. Then the termites get in the house, and we rush to remove the termites. Then the wood starts to rot, and we rush to remove the wood. Then it starts to stink, and we rush to remove the stink. You know the one thing that is missing? 
we never took time to realize why this stuff was happening. A, the wood having water caused it to rot, which caused the termites, which once that stuff dried, caused the house fire. But it was never processed. And so since we worked from fire to fire, from strategy to strategy, from war to war, and never processed, why are we in these wars? Never think about how do I make sure that this never happens again. You'll find yourself every time something breaks out of your house, y'all come. Light bulb burn out, it's a wall. The roof got a hole in it, it's a wall. Baby needs shoes, is a wall. Anybody ever thought about why we still got the same wall? Or maybe it's a time to think, well, you know what? I had to learn this, and I had a conversation with, with one of my family members. I'm not going to say who because I ain't fair. Y'all know him. And I sat there and I said, you don't handle stress very well. And when situations happen, when problems happen, and you don't know how to respond, you lock up. But because you lock up and don't speak, it causes everybody around you to get angry because they're looking to you for an answer and you ain't got it. That's processing. So now what happens when a situation comes up, we don't have a wall. You know why? Because I know he's going to lock up. And since I know he's going to lock up, our first reaction is how do I unlock the leader and not get frustrated because the leader is panicked, processing. I invite you to sit down and think about it. Why did he lock up? Because that's what he's used to. I have an uncle that was born in the 60s. Black men understand the 60s. You can't be wrong. You have to be smart all the time. If you have a problem, you can't let, as they would say, the white man know that you're stupid. So you distance yourself. You just sit there and you go, hmm, that's interesting. Because you don't know the answer, but you can't tell them that. You have to know where they come from to understand who they are. Now that we know that, let me go back to my journey. Because I found myself, and I'm getting ready to quit. Well, I ain't going to quit. I'm going to give this up for the day. I ain't going to give it up. I'm just going to leave it alone. That's better. I find myself thinking, when I think about where we're going as a community, when I think about what I'm doing in my life, anytime situations of the devil or whoever you want to go, some folks don't want to believe in the devil. We'll talk about that tomorrow. When I think about all that happened back yonder, the year 1989, at a little institution known as Green Hill Farms Academy, I 
picked up the book here, and I saw in the book in 1989, it floored me when I saw it. Don't ask me who put it there. Don't ask me why it was put there. But it said in that book, everybody's mission or their job or their future. I like mission. I read under one of the missions, it said somebody was going to be a neurosurgeon, neosurgeon. Somebody else was going to be a statisticianist. Somebody else, I don't know why anybody was thinking about being a statisticianist at five. I don't even know what that is at 25 or 35. But it was there. Somebody's going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a circuit court judge, Supreme Court justice, a heavyweight boxer. All of those things were listed there, and then you came to the first guy on the list, number one. I wasn't number one because I was a top student. I was number one because my name was B-A-R, and I was the only one that had B-A-R in his name. But at the top of that list, it said Eric Barrett. In the year 1989, he is destined. I don't know who put it there. I don't remember writing it. But it said, teacher. In the beginning. And then you look at the journey. From here, the time of innocence, the time of my beginning, and you look at all the little roadblocks that happened. I remember going from there, and I went to a noonday prayer over at one of them churches with that name that changed five times, at that church with the name that changed five times. I told you about it earlier. And I say it like that because I don't remember what name it was when this happened. But I went over there, and I did my little sermon at the noonday prayer. It was too short. Psalm 23 was too short. And I got criticized for not preaching too long. Isn't it funny now I get criticized because I'm too long? Back then I got criticized because I was too short. I'll let that marinate. Do I need to say it again? Mm-hmm. I get cussed out this time because I'm too long. I got cussed out back then because I was too short. And that got in me. Then I left there and I went over to First Baptist Butte Street, not sat next to Dr. Murray, and Dr. Murray said, I'm going to make you my little deacon. And then after I left uh, that Sunday morning service, I went down to my first outward engagement and, and preached that a little new little Wednesday night Bible study there. Then I left there, and I went back over to that church with all the names. I think it might have been Mount Olive by this time. And I went back in there after I had left Boy Scouts and was up there at the top of that, and, and then I went over to the ROTC, and I was up there at the top of that, and I didn't think about it, didn't process it, didn't even notice it until about 10 days ago when it really hit me. Before the year 1989, 
there were only five African-American people who ever rose to the top of Morahaski in the ROTC. And I was number three. That school at that time had been there almost 80 years. Never had a black man at the top of their military program. I was number three. Didn't think about it. You didn't process it. You know why? Because I was sitting there fighting this child and fighting that child, and this person wanted me kicked out, and that person wanted me dead, and this person was coming for my throat, and that person was gunning for me, and this person wanted me dead, and that person thought I want nothing. And I was looking at all of the people who were criticizing and putting me down and didn't realize I was one of three. In an 80-year institution, one of three to ever hold the spot. And the two that came last came after me. And the reality of it is, if I had a process of being, the reason why them two Negroes was bothering me is because I got it first. Ray J had a song out there. I ain't going to go deep into the details. He and Kanye West got into it because Kanye West ended up marrying Kim Kardashian. The details not important, but he kind of threw, as they say in the street, some shade, and Ray J looked at it and said, it's all right. I had it first. And if I had thought about that then, Oh, the nights that I left Moore High School and got in Grandmama's Lincoln Continental and laid down on her lap and cried all the way to Keller Avenue when that happened. If I'd have thought about that then, the days that I sat there in that RTC room with my head looking out the window, just folding it deep down in depression, wouldn't have happened. If I'd have thought about that then. All of the, the demons that were attacking me wouldn't have mattered if I had thought about that, if I had just took it from the top. And how many wars and feelings and emotions and ideas are we carrying just because we hadn't thought about where on the pecking order we sit? Let me hurry up and get out of here because I don't want to go over my time. Then I left the ROTC and went down to that church with the many names, the one that gave me the left foot of fellowship. And I want you to know something. You ain't got to take my word for it. Go look for yourself. There's a couple of you on the line that will testify to this. That church wasn't worth a cuss before I got there, and it ain't worth a cuss after I'm gone. I ain't got to lie to you. Go look it up for yourself. But if I had noticed it, then I wouldn't have sat there evil. I wouldn't have got mad and started cussing. There's a man in there. He said, Eric, all you got to do is pack your bags and leave and watch the snakes follow you. I said, huh? He said, just pack your bags and leave. See how many snakes follow you. Because the reality of it is, the snakes need you. You don't need them. I didn't know that then. I didn't know it. 
I thought it was me. I thought the people just didn't like me. I thought I needed something else. So I left there about 23, and I was tired of the black folks, so I said, let me go hear these white folks. These white folks are nice. They're so peaceful and loving. I'm going to hear these white folks. My grandmama, she looked at me, and she said, well, baby, this what you do. See, what you've been doing is you've been going over there, and you've been sitting in the back of the church. Don't go up there to the front. Just stay in the back, and you'll be all right. But the moment you climb to the front of the church, you're going to find some things. I know she talked about anything. I thought she was crazy. These white folks nice. I got over there, and they were nice. I walked in the door. They were so nice. I sat in the back row. Underneath the balcony, it was so cool. The next thing you know, I was three seats up, and it started getting hot. The lights started hitting on me. It wasn't the lights of just the building. It was the lights that, that there was noise from behind me. And the more I moved up, the hotter it got. Until one day, and I told this story some time ago, when they decided we got to get rid of this Negro. That's exactly what one of them said. They walked up to me and said, Eric, they was having a meeting. They said, we got to get rid of this Negro. We can't have that top of our church. And they concocted some scheme and some scandal. And I reacted to it. I reacted to it negatively. I got angry. But if I had thought about it, Eric, they just don't want you. They just trying to get rid of you. But no, I looked at what they did. How dare you accuse me of raping a minor? Eric, see, see now you go, don't worry about that. Because how can they accuse you of doing something you three states over? See, the Eric this day, I don't know if I should have told him that then because I might not have been in a good mood, but I would have looked at him and said, you know, I heard black people got a, they're good, well endowed, but that's a pretty big black man that can rape a girl from three states north. That's, that's what I should have said if I'd have thought about it from the top. I would like for you today to think about it, as David says, and I'm concluding in that, 31 chapters of Psalms, he said, I heard the gossip. I heard the rumors. But let me go back to my beginning and realize one thing. When you found me out there picking and collecting and tending to them sheep, my genesis, you came out there and you got all my brothers and my sisters or my brothers and you, you pulled them all in and you tried to anoint them, but they all wouldn't tilt until I came in the room and it just went over. And when I, when I go back to think, I realize one thing, that I must trust only in you because the course of my life is the centerpiece of your creation. And you realize in the beginning, God created 
the heavens and the earth. That means in the beginning, God created you. And whatever he created that has now been tarnished by the ignorance of people, can we go back to whatever that first moment is and say, this is who I am and this is who I shall be? I am somebody. The me I see is the me I be. And most importantly, I know that not only did God create me, but he loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Because the Bible tells me so. His grandmother comes to pray. I didn't give her much time. I'm sorry. She can feel free to do what she wishes. I'm sorry. As she comes to pray, I hope that you can take it from the top today. Go back to find who you are before the junk, before the stupidity, before the anger, before the frustration, before the hurt, before the pain. If you can go back and find that little boy and girl in kindergarten and remember what was put on your paper and then say, you know what, God, that's what you gave me then, and that's what I want now. I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. And you said I can do all things in 2022. My dear grandmother. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Most holy and all wise Father, help us to put our trust in you. You say, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Help us to know that, God, you got the answers to every situation. You know what you made us to be. You knows where you want us to go. You knows all about everything. Help us to put our trust in you. Help us to seek you. Seek you and trust you and believe that you going to work it all out for us. God, help us to acknowledge you. Because, God, we need you. We don't understand. We don't see. We don't have the wisdom to know. You tell us, but we don't understand it. So we might go astray. But we ask you this morning and bring our feet back on that straight and narrow path that we might put our trust in you and obey what your word tells us to do. We just thank you for the word this morning. Help us to remember that we are somebody. Because you made us. You didn't make us no junk, but you made us glorious. You made us one of your little children. And we thank you for that this morning. We just praise you this morning because you love us so much. We praise you this morning 
because you cares about us. And you will never leave us, nor will you forsake us. But you will bring us to that glorious day if we only just put our trust in you. We thank you this morning, God. We praise you. We love you, God. And help us to remember that we are your children and that you have everything in line for us. And we just praise you. We love you, God. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we hear, we can put our trust in you, and you will work it all out. We just said thank you this morning. You say in all things, give you thanks. We're going to thank you, we're going to praise you, and we're going to magnify your name. And we're going to shine for you this day. This year, we're going to glorify your name because we know that we are somebody in you. Not of ourselves, but of you, God. We are somebody. And we love you. We praise you. And we give your name all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a great, great day. Praising and magnifying the Lord that loves you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.